You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, Tuesday edition. We're going to break down Monday Night Football today. There's some late-breaking news now, just as we're hitting record, that affects maybe the entire league and your Twitter questions in our two-minute warning. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi. Made for football watching. Brian Peacock at BD Peacock on Twitter. The Scout, Matt Williamson at Williamson NFL. The latest around the league right now, Matt, we've got to start multiple positive tests. And now I'm seeing that these are confirmed positive tests. So no false positives. Tennessee Titans, at least three players and five other members of the organization. So eight total positive tests is what I'm seeing with the Tennessee Titans. And that's shutting down that entire facility. They just played the Vikings, so they're shutting down the Vikings facility, even though there aren't any positive tests there. So that's going to affect both of their opponents this week as well. Uh, this is um, this is what we all hoped we wouldn't see. And right now it's contained to one team, which I guess is good, but it also affects a team you cover closely, Matt, in the Pittsburgh Steelers. So what are you hearing over there in Pittsburgh is this game going to happen this weekend? Yeah, I mean, who knows, honestly. I mean, we're recording this around noon on Tuesday Eastern. News broke within the last half hour or so. Um, what I know at this point is, like you said, no no positive test for the Vikings. The Titans are not allowed back in their building until Saturday, which is the day before kickoff, obviously. Um, that means, I, I assume, I'm just assuming, that means no practice time for the Titans all week to lead up to there, except for virtual meetings and, you know, installs of game plans and things like that. And Steelers' defense is not the most, e the easiest to uh, adjust, you know, to game plan for anyway. Um, I talked to a good friend of mine, Dale Lawley, the Steelers beat reporter that I do the drive with every day for Steelers radio. And as of now, no one's told him, hey, you're not going to Tennessee. And the Steelers PR guys would have told him immediately if they knew. You know, I mean, that's that's their job to be that, that intermediate between the team and those covering the team. So he plans on going. And I got, I got it. I mean, I don't mean to laugh, but boy, it sure seems like a big advantage to Pittsburgh. I oh, mean, wow. if they do play the game, you know, they at least get to practice. It's a huge advantage. And the fact that the yeah. league says, okay, there's no in-person activities for the Titans until Saturday. That tells you there's not going to be practices. Maybe you get a walkthrough at the end of the week. That's a massive right. advantage. But the fact that they know that it's not happening until Saturday, but they didn't mention anything about canceling the game, tells me the league's trying to get this game going. That is a massive disadvantage for the Titans. And uh, I'd, I'd be pretty... I'd be pretty upset if I was the Titans to say, look, you shut us. And the Vikings even worse because they don't have any positives and they're going to get shut down and that's going to affect their game as well Sunday. Yeah. Do you think the same thing is about to happen to the Minnesota too, that they will not be allowed in the building till Saturday? They're being, I don't know what day they're being. Okay. Quarantined closed. Until, yeah. Right. But, but for sure right now, 
their facility is closed. So I don't know if okay. they're, they're double checking just to make sure everyone doesn't have COVID. And I don't know if that takes one extra day or if that's going to be a situation where just in case uh, they're going to shut it down for a few extra days. But as of now, the Vikings facility also not open. Yeah, uh, crazy. I, I mean, I, I assume the league, you know, it had some kind of plan in place for this. But it's not like you can postpone the game like baseball or basketball or whatever. I mean, when are they going to play it if they were to postpone it? Uh, or just probably would evaporate, I would imagine, if it gets to that point. I am. I guess it's fortunate for the Titans that they're home this week. You know, I mean, could they have traveled on a Saturday or, you know, if it would have been oh, right, here yeah. instead of Tennessee? Who's to say? Um, the football nerd in me immediately obviously starts thinking about the lack of practice, but how about those injured guys that need treatment? You know, I mean, will a doctor come to their house perhaps, or, you know, somebody from the team to work out the kinks of a bad hammy or something like that, or will they not get treatment? Will they not, are they totally quarantined? Like all that stuff I'm really curious about. That's a great question. Uh, If they pat, because if I'm not mistaken, all off season long, there was, an opportunity for players that were rehabbing to be at facilities, even when facilities were closed. So So I would assume it would be the same as long as they've gone through the normal protocols of having negative tests before they're able to enter the building. I assume, but I don't know for sure on that either. Who are the players? Is it Tannehill, Henry and Clowney? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Good point. You know what I mean? Like there's a good chance, as good a chance as any that it's a, a, at least one of them is a starter. I mean, I doubt it's the 53rd, 52nd, and 51st guy on the roster. And, of course, above all that, you're hoping that, you know, they're symptom-free and it isn't a right. real health risk for any of the people who are testing positive, which is another layer to this. You could miss a player for a potentially a month or or more, and it could impact their, their life or their career. So, um, yeah, this is not the news that you hope you wake up to on a Tuesday. So... We'll definitely keep tabs here on the Peacock and Williamson show, and we'll we'll cover it more throughout the week when we get more information on it. Matt, I'm sure you will have some nice information there, uh, some inside info as yeah, you cover the Steelers, and it really impacts multiple teams here. And so there's a ripple effect when something like this happens. But as of now, I, I guess if you want to want to look at the good news, the fact that the Vikings and Titans played, and there haven't been any Vikings positive tests yet, and you know just for of an abundance of caution, I think was the word that was used in a statement uh, that they're shutting down facilities. And here's what's crazy because even if it's three players and I, five staff members, I don't know if it's, you know, again, like you mentioned, it could be head coach and, and Derek Henry, that and right, Tannehill, right. like that could be a massive, or it could be um, non essential sort of staff members that maybe wouldn't travel anyway, or that they can stay away and the team can function normally for the course of a week and wouldn't really affect the team. But no practice is the big thing, and that's a huge advantage for the Steelers. And um, I'm surprised that they're letting that happen. It's week seven is the bye for the Titans. Week eight is the bye for the Steelers, so they can't go play it on a bye week. Um, right. The other thing is last year, wasn't it last year that there was a game that was canceled because of a hurricane? And they figured that out and played all the games, right? I can't remember when they, they played did. the game. I don't remember that one either, but they did figure it out, and I'm sure... Every year, there's some kind of contingency plan for canceled games, natural disasters, whatever, like you mentioned. I mean, they've dealt with those type of things before. I guess this is no different in the scheduling world. Um, I kind of look at it, I mean, I guess not really glass half full, but this is the first hurdle this league has had to really deal with in season. We'll see how they handle it. 
And if it goes smoothly, maybe the Titans don't go smoothly on game day, but if everything goes smoothly and you get the game off without too many of a hitch, I think that's a positive in case it happens again. But my buddies that are big betters and obviously pay a lot of attention to the Steelers line said something like the Steelers opened this game at like three and a half point dogs. And even before this news, it was creeping to even. Now I think they're favored by like two and a half already, you know, like and oh, probably yeah. climbing any minute you can and probably can't even get that bet in a lot of book houses. Well, and I, that's a bummer for us because that would have been an obvious one. I would have gone Steelers all day with the right with getting points. That was if they're getting points and they get to practice. The other team doesn't. Yeah. I mean, two I, undefeated teams, even even without this, I would have gone Steelers there getting points. Okay, And I'm not surprised yeah. that line was already creeping toward even because I think that was a clear. Yeah, I a, agree. I yeah, mean, like, that was a clear I six. Probably would have picked the Steelers straight up in right. a normal week. All right, cool. Uh, let's get to Crazy. Monday Night Football. Well, more on that stuff. Hopefully it's all good news from here on out. This I'm week. sure we can talk about this tomorrow, too, and there'll be oh, more yes. information in the next 24 hours. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. But uh, that was the biggest news of the day that we had to cover here. Yeah, Let's talk that. Monday Night Football, Chiefs, Ravens, and a little two-minute warning coming up on Peacock and Williamson. Did you know chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers? Not rockauto.com. Rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are always reliably and I heard a fantastic pro tip from my guy, Luke Braun of Locked On Vikings. With winter coming, get those wiper blades fixed. It's easy as can be. You go find your make, your model, order up some wiper blades, the rubber blades, they just go fit, they slide right in, takes two seconds to change your own blades. Be safe this winter in bad weather. You don't want your messed up wiper blades scratching up your window, messing up your car, cost you money in the long run. Go to rockauto.com, keep you and your family safe out there on the road. They are a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. The Kansas City Chiefs won fairly easily in Baltimore, 34-20. I, yeah. I saw the Chiefs getting points yesterday, and it was just like, you don't give the Chiefs points ever. I get it's Baltimore, <laughs> and and it's in Baltimore, but home field advantage isn't what it's been in the past. And I'm curious, I really want to talk to Chris on Thursday about how betters feel about what home field advantage is this year, because now they have a little bit of a sample to work with with three weeks of games. But you just don't give the Chiefs points. You don't give Patrick Mahomes points. They're too good, uh, and he just shows up and four touchdown passes makes it look too easy. 385 yards against a really good team, a little rushing score as well. And wow, it's just like scary when things click for Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes. And you see why people this early in his career, and it's probably too early to say things like this, but I saw it on my Twitter timeline last night. It's like, man, we're watching maybe one of the best quarterbacks, if not the best quarterback ever with what he can do. He's on that pace. And I, I mean, I've, uh, it's amazing. I mean, I really, in my lifetime, don't remember a quarterback sweeping the league like this with the exception of Dan Marino and Marino went and played Montana and that, that uh, Super Bowl, but lost. So Mahomes has even already surpassed him and it, it, it's ridiculous. I haven't seen a, a player play the position like he has. It's Aaron Rodgers like, but even better and more impressive just, you know, to pass the, the eyeball test, you know, he's throwing touchdowns to, 
you know, Sherman and his left tackle, Eric Fisher. You know, I mean, you know, it's a good night when your fullback and your left tackle have touchdown catches. Yeah. I mean, it's just one of those type of deals. And, um, you know, I thought the Ravens would win when they went down on that first drive and they're moving the ball really well. And then they kicked the field goal. I just thought that's a bad message. Not that they would have won if they would have done anything different. I mean, they were clearly the inferior team. Lamar throws for 97 yards. Um, They were playing from behind, and we know that is absolutely a massive deal with the Ravens. If they get up on you, then they win almost every time, maybe not against Kansas City. But when they're down, it's a struggle for them. And this game was what? It was... 27 10 at the half you know and that's just not their formula and i'm hearing some things that i think are overreactions that lamar can't win the big one um this ravens team's good but the way they're built they can't be a powerhouse um boy lamar can't hold mahomes's jock you know i'm hearing things like that today like Kansas City was the better team. They're the Super Bowl champs. Mahomes is the, is the superstar of the league. But I'm not going to kill the Ravens all of a sudden and think that they're not a, a great team. And it's really hard because it negates one of Lamar Jackson's special abilities to run the ball. If you're down early in a football game, your running game is negated for the most part. And you can still keep drives alive with your legs, and it's still an important part of Lamar Jackson's game. But then it becomes all one-dimensional. And every team, every quarterback is going to get worse when his offense becomes one-dimensional. Without question. And something I harp on a lot when I talk about the Ravens was when they got eliminated in the playoffs against the Titans, they got down and they had to throw. And if you remember, Lamar set the all-time record for yardage from a human being in that game, you know, which – he, he wasn't perfect. He made some mistakes, but he was also moving the ball at a ridiculous rate. But one thing I thought that hurt them a lot in that game was I like their receivers, you know, Duvernay, Brown, um, all, Boykin. They're all a nice variety of super fast guys, big slot, you know, scary speed with like with Brown. But none of them's the veteran. None of them's the chain mover, the Derek Mason, the Anquan Bolden, the Steve Smith that's been there. And I thought that hurt them again last night. I mean, they didn't have a wide receiver with more than 13 receiving yards last night. I think that's clear. And looking at the pro yeah. football focus grades, I think that was um, something that jumps out there when you look at grades. Uh, uh, Lamar Jackson graded exact, almost nearly exactly the same as he did the week before, yet the numbers were much lower. So you need help. You need game script. Uh, and so everyone thinks he played terribly, and he could have definitely played better, maybe missed a couple throws. I think he was definitely pressing. He's like, okay, I have to go win this game. But part of that is, was he wasn't getting uh, as much help as he could have. And I, and I think you're right on it. When um, Marquise Brown is the one where I, I'm – we both predicted a huge breakout. Like, where's the breakout there? When's that going to connect? And there was a couple opportunities there. And maybe Lamar could have hit those, and that would have changed the outcome of the game slightly. But um, I'm just waiting Andrews for someone else to show down. up besides Mark Andrews on. And, yeah, Andrews did drop a yeah. touchdown pass, by the way. So, yeah, uh, he could have gotten a lot more help, too. And he didn't play amazing, so I'm not going to no. um, I'm not going to sugarcoat it for Lamar Jackson. But he could have gotten more help. Right. And the guy on the other side played amazing. Right. Here's another interesting stat when it comes to Lamar Jackson, and it's just more a function of how the team's built and how they win games. It's not all on him, but since he became the starter in week 11 of 2018, Lamar Jackson 
has never overcome a halftime deficit. He's 0-6 in that, games yeah. where they were down at the half. But he has won every single game that they've led at halftime. He's 20-0 <laughs> <Right>. and 0 <laughs> in those games. That's wild. That's a pretty good trend, and it's been very obvious. And I often talked about during the offseason the amazing leads they had after one quarter, after a half, and they all led to victories. You know, I mean, you can just tell how this team is built. And in a way, it's a weakness. You know, I mean, coming back is not what they're set to do. And I think that's the the kind of the final hurdle for this team is when things don't go to script, can they play left-handed? And right now they can't against, you know, a, a really good Titans team and a great Chiefs team. If they get down, you know, 10-3 at the half against the Browns or the Bengals, I'm not exactly going to count them out. I don't want to overdo it and take too much from a week three game, but um, I, I think the, the Chiefs, it was, a, it was definitely a slam dunk for the Chiefs to go on the road and say, look, we're still the best team in the NFL. We're the reigning Super Bowl champions. Everything's going to have to come through us. Uh, and, and I kind of already felt that um, as good as the Baltimore Ravens have played. And I think the, the Chiefs clearly sent that message. Like that's the team that you have to beat if you want to hoist the Lombardi this year. I mean, I'm sure Andy Reid's a smart guy. He's won a lot of games in this league. I'm sure he made it known that they were three and a half point dog. <laughs> oh, they, yeah, yes. I'm sure that <laughs> yeah, was in neon lights in the locker room. Right. Yeah, no, that's a great yeah. point there. Here's the other you thing. You should have walked in the locker room with the Lombardi trophy and said, you guys know, know your underdogs in this game, right? You mentioned some of the fun things that the Chiefs did on offense. Do you, were you surprised that even with uh, you know a nice lead there where the game wasn't really in the balance that they pulled out some trick plays like throwing the touchdown pass to their left tackle? Not really. I mean, I think that Reed just likes that sort of thing. I mean, the shovel pass to the fullback and, you know, Mahomes is ultra creative, obviously. And some of those type of things are just like stealing for that team because you have so many other things to focus on. You're not focusing on left tackles and fullbacks. Um, I don't know. I mean, maybe you, I guess there's two ways of thinking about that for the future is we save it for when we really need it or Put it on tape now so your upcoming opponents spend five minutes on practice that they're not worried about Tyree Kill, you know. One more note here on this, uh, on the Baltimore side. J.K. Dobbins ended up being the Ravens' leading receiver. Four catches for 38 yards on four targets. Mark Andrews only had three catches on eight targets. Marquise Brown, six targets, only two catches. So obviously they're out of sync with him throwing to anybody but uh, his running backs. Um Lamar Jackson, the leading rusher as usual, but J.K. Dobbins only got one carry, and you thought maybe yeah. this is the game where we see J.K. Dobbins break out. And I, I mean, this is just going to be that backfield, right? Where you, it's going to be a committee all year because Mark Ingram's a veteran. I think they trust him. He's going to get the rock a lot. Uh, he got the ball seven times. Gus Edwards got it four. It's a really frustrating backfield because any one of those guys you would love to start on your fantasy team, and Dobbins is the one that everyone's waiting. It's like give him the job so I can start him and have this stud running back. Yeah, if you recall, that was my big prediction as we ended the show yesterday. It was, we're going to get together on Tuesday, and I'm going to tell you that Dobbins is clearly the, the lead back. And, yeah, I was really wrong on that. Um, <laughs> Good call, Williamson. One carry. <laughs> yeah, well, nice work. Way to go. Um, I drafted him high in fantasy. I've been waiting to. I still think it's a chance that, you know, we're talking about the Thanksgiving game, and he's their lead guy. But for now, it certainly isn't the case. And, frankly, they like Gus Edwards a lot. 
Gus the bus. Uh, and on the other side, Clyde Edwards Hilaire getting 20 carries as a rookie running back. And maybe the best throw of the game. It wasn't one of his longest throws, but that, that little rainbow shot he threw to Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Um, and and yeah. Edwards Hilaire, to his credit, made a nice over the shoulder catch. That was a pretty one. I enjoyed that throw. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, it, it's amazing, back to your point about Mahomes, that if any other quarterback, maybe not Russell Wilson, but basically if any other NFL quarterback played the game that he did last night, we would it would be all over the news. Did you see the five throws that that guy made? They're impossible. You just expect it now from him. That's a great point. The fact that it's not shocking what we saw last night. I was like, hey, there's Patrick Mahomes. There's that guy again. Uh, yeah. That's that's pretty telling what he's doing already in his young career. Amazing. I forget who it was, but he threw a beautiful, in a keyhole throw that was dropped for a touchdown that I just went. Oh, that wow, might have been Miko uh, Hardman, I think. I think it was Hardman, yeah. yes. It was, I mean, few even attempt that throw. I mean, a lot of people don't understand how throw, how difficult a throw that even is. Most people, almost anyone doesn't even attempt it. He makes it perfect, and it got dropped. But, I mean, it didn't – it was amazing to me. I, I lost my mind. All right. Enough about that. Let's get to our yeah. Twitter two-minute warning. Kansas City Chiefs are good. The Ravens are still good. Let's not overreact too much to what we saw in any one given game. Let's check in with – the listeners on our two-minute warning coming up. Speaking of two minutes, don't have a lot of time, need a quick snack, and one you'll feel good about that tastes amazing, go get yourself a box of Built Bars because that is the perfect snack. High protein, low sugar. Did you know there are new flavors of Built Bar? If you've had Built Bars in the past, you know how good they are, and they've got some fantastic new flavors that you should be excited to try. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, Apple Almond Crisp, uh, they've got their 12 original flavors as well. You can get a box of just one flavor and get multiple boxes. You can build your own box of Built Bars as well. They're covered in 100% delicious chocolate. It is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, soft and easy to chew. Great if you're health conscious, trying to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber bar that is also great for a keto diet. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get $10 off your next order. That's BuiltBar, B-U-I-L-T-B-A-R. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. I'm getting a lot of questions here about the NFC East, Matt. So let's sort of consolidate some of these into two divisions because um, Tyler wants to know, over under, five wins takes the NFC East. And I'm and I was, when I was like, okay, funny joke. And then you start to look around and say, well, Washington is tied with Dallas with one win right now. Um, and a half a game out is a team that had one of the most disappointing ties that I can remember in the Philadelphia Eagles. Like that's not that crazy with the way these teams are playing right now. Um, and Azaz has a question. He says, as you know, all four teams from a division can make it to the playoffs this year with a new format. NFC West has the best shot, but if only three teams make it from this division, talking about the NFC West, who is the odd team out? That's talking about the NFC West. So I'm going to tie in the East and the West here. And looking at the statistics with the NFC West versus the NFC East right now, currently the NFC West is already 6-0 and against the NFC East. Those divisions wow. are playing this year. NFC West is 9-3 and overall. And the NFC East is two nine and one overall. 
Um, so, and there was another question. I didn't even actually have it queued up, but the other question was, would every team in the NFC West easily win the NFC East? I would say yes to that. And now I'm starting to see, think seriously about this over under five wins takes the NFC East. Well, <laughs> first, I mean, the obvious point here is I think the West is the best division and I think the East is the worst division. I think that, that goes without saying with everything you just laid out. Philadelphia is remarkably disappointing to me. I still have a little bit of faith in Dallas. I mean, going to Seattle and fighting them tooth and nail and losing a shootout doesn't kill them for me. I don't know that Arizona beats out Dallas in the East. I also don't think that the East is going to put out two playoff teams. I mean, I feel pretty darn secure about that, which helps the West case a lot if they are to get the entire division in the postseason, which I don't think is crazy talk. But if one were to miss from the West, it would be Arizona for me. I mean, I think they came back to earth a little bit. And Kyler's not a finished product as much as we people want him to be. He's not in the Lamar Mahomes conversation yet. And maybe a year from now he will be. But I absolutely think the Niners, Seahawks, and Rams will end up in the postseason. I mean, unless huge injuries hit between now and then. And it's already hit, obviously, in San Francisco. Um, I think Dallas has a pretty clear path to winning the East. I mean, those three teams are bad. I, mean, I don't think Dallas is bad. The only issue with some of this talk is all these teams have to play six division games. So by no means is five wins going to win the East because they're going to play each other and teams are going to beat each other, you know, so but nine might, I mean, like it did last year and, and might easily, I mean, the Dallas might be nine and seven or even eight and eight and the next best team might have six wins five. And I can tell Tyler is a frustrated fan of a team in the NFC East. And I get that. Uh, and I'll definitely take the over on five, but seven wouldn't shock me. You know, it's eight. If you gave me the eight over under that would, that would be extremely difficult, but one of those teams is going to get hot and there, there's still a lot of talent there on some, some rosters. Right. Agreed. I mean, do you agree that Philly almost has to get a little better? They have to. That's one of the oddest situations in the NFL right now. And more on that tomorrow in the stock up, stock down, by the way. Uh, And we do need Mm -hmm. to move on here because it's only supposed to be a couple minutes. But uh, we're covering a couple divisions here. Um, There's going to be a hot streak for Dallas or Philly. Those are the teams that you really look for. Uh, The other two teams I just don't think have have any shot to be there at the end. But but who knows? I mean. With the way things are going right now, you know, maybe seven wins enough and a bad team could sneak in there. And looking at the NFC North, let's move to Pete uh, and a three and and0 team in the Chicago Bears. Is that going to be a division that gets two teams in? And Pete wants to know, can it be that the long nightmare, a.k.a. the Mitch Trubisky era, is officially forever over in Chicago? Could be over. I mean, I I think the Bears will be in the market for a quarterback yet again this offseason when it's all said and done. And I think going to Foles makes sense. It makes him a better team. Um, but I don't think they're a contender, to be very honest with you. I mean, uh, I think they're more of an eight-win type of team. I think they'll probably get beat by the Colts this week. Um, when you look at the seven playoff teams in the NFC, I think – we just talked about the East. They they won't have more than one, but I think the Bucks, Saints, 
Packers and all four West teams are better than Chicago and certainly have a better chance at the postseason than Chicago? Falcons, Giants, Lions. Those are the three teams that the Bears have beat so far. So when they coming up with the Colts, I think is a nice little test. Then the Buccaneers. Uh, then they've got some more difficult games later on in the season. Uh, some division games. The Packers, of course, a couple of times. So holding off, but I liked what I saw from the Foles led Bears. And maybe that's enough of yeah. a bump because they still do have a lot of talent on the defensive side of the ball. Their offensive line is playing really good. They've got a number one wide receiver in Allen Robinson. So I'm not going to say that the Bears can't continue to play at least well obviously they're they're gonna lose some football games but i do like the trajectory right now of the bears more so than i do any team in the nfc east that's for sure yeah and maybe they only have to win six out of their last 13 to get in you know i mean maybe a nine win team is a seven seed so i mean that's not crazy talk to go basically 500 the rest of the way that's a good point yeah jumping out to a 3-0 record is a is a huge factor for an nfl team and a huge boost and uh, makes things a lot easier the rest of the way Here's one for the AFC West and really covers a number of divisions as well. And it's a statistic from our friend Kate, who does shows here on the network with the uh, the Locked On Dynasty. You don't do shows with her, but she does uh, other days nope. of the week that you don't cover. And uh, I got to remind everybody check out, out the there to check out the today. Locked yeah, On Dynasty football podcast featuring Matt Williamson yeah. and more. Uh, so QBs with the most passing yards through their first three games in NFL history. Cam Newton has had a thousand passing yards in his first three games. Andrew Luck, two. Baker Mayfield, Marcus Mariota, Kyler Murray, Geno Smith, Joe Burrow. So this question was quote quote tweeted with this, and shocking that Joe Burrow is on that list already with 798 yards, uh, one of the top outputs, top seven outputs in NFL history, passing yards through their first three games. But Justin Herbert right now, it's the question, is he going to get there? He only needs 200 more yards to get 800. He might be number two on this list. He already has two 300-yard passing games in his first two. If he has 300 more, I think if he has like 250 passing yards in his third NFL start, he'll be number two on this list behind Cam Newton. No other quarterback has had 900 passing yards in his first three games other than Cam Newton in NFL history. Crazy. And it's funny that Newton's the top of the list, too. I mean, he was really good as a rookie, but you just don't think of him as a big-time 300-yard passer type guy. A um, couple notes there. I just want to address the Burrow thing, too. He absolutely looks like he belongs. I love him. I think he's going to be a great player. I think him and Lamar might rule the North here for a long time. But he needs to throw less. I mean, you give Mixon all that money, and you don't rely on him as much as you should, and you have that guy throwing 61 times behind a terrible O-line. The beating he took last week yet again – Went out of the game for a while after taking a huge shot. They got to be smarter with their number one asset. I mean, they're going to get him too beat up too fast. And why have Mixon if you're not going to use him? Why pay him if you're not going to use him extensively? I also think Herbert belongs or looks like he belongs, which to me is test number one, and it's not exactly a scientific one. But he's got a little work to do. But that number is obviously very attainable. I mean – I still think Anthony Lynn's thinking in the back of his mind, though, if I start Tyrod these last two weeks, I probably win because we don't turn the ball over. Like, come on, man. Let Herbert be the guy. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a good point. And will he be allowed to is, right. is the question. Um, but, yeah, it's it's pretty cool to see what Justin Herbert's done, especially since he didn't have a ton of – like, people weren't as – 
jacked up about Justin Herbert coming into the league no. as they were some other quarterbacks. And he's proven some people wrong, proven me wrong, because, I mean, I, obviously the talent was there, but I was like, man, okay, number six overall, you're going to go all in on Justin Herbert. Not completely sold on that with some other talent that was on the board. But if you get your quarterback right, and we're seeing it with, and, and I mentioned it earlier this week, that arm talent is so important to have right now in the NFL, and we're seeing quarterbacks develop that uh, that were further away, and, and we're seeing maybe less busts on those big athletic big armed quarterbacks and, and it was always the, the west coast types that that had a better shot in the nfl in the past and we're seeing those types not do as well as, as young players in their first few years and all these guys with ridiculous rocket arms are the ones who are developing in the league so maybe that's the trend going forward you got to get yourself one of these a freak of nature quarterbacks that are out there every year and just go for it uh by the way 641 yards in his first two starts so he mm. uh needs only about I mean, he needs less than 200 yards to be on the list. So that's definitely happening to answer the question. That I is happening. Think, yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, he's using Eckler. Well, he's really leaning on Keenan Allen. I mean, those are the things you like to see that yes. smart. smart. You know, I mean, I'm not blaming him at all for that. And boy, to your point, he certainly has tools. I mean, there's no question about that. I mean, he has, he's very gifted. Oh, and by the way, your point about Joe Burrow. Yeah. Get that guy protected. Seeing that that yeah. shot he took, it was a good sign to see him bounce back and get back in the game and play pretty well. And he's he's the real deal. I, but yeah, get him protected. Got to get a defense as well, but get him protected first. I'm seeing Penny Sewell, right. the, the offensive tackle from Oregon, getting mocked to the Bengals high in the draft often. I think that would be a fantastic pick for them. I think that'll be the pick in every mock draft we read from now until April. Yep, absolutely. And it should be. <laughs> and if not, they should trade the number two to get him. We're out of time here, Matt. Good stuff. Thank you, everybody, for the questions and getting involved here on the show. We've got to stock up, stock down on Wednesday, and hopefully have some more clarity on what's going on with the Titans and the COVID situation there. Talk to you then right here. Peacock and Williamson.